listening to the Brand Interrupted Podcast, a show for the creative entrepreneur, the radiant leaders, and the rebels at heart. If you're ready to get radically visible, use your voice, and take up space, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Brittany Hammond, filmmaker, story mentor, and serial entrepreneur. Brand interrupted means liberating yourself from the conditioning and discerning the many contradictory voices of society, family, friends, media, coaches, gurus, anyone or thing that has fit you into a box of check marks and labels, and instead coming back home to yourself. In this podcast, we are all about appointing yourself as the authority and leader of your life. Embrace yourself unconditionally, strip down to your white hot truth, cultivate self-trust and awaken your confidence within so that you can be your true expression in the world, in your life, your relationships, and your business. Ready for some real, raw, and unfiltered conversations? I'll see you on the other side. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Brand Interrupted Podcast. I am currently recovering from surgery. It is March 3rd, and I'm at my partner's house, so I don't have my microphone. I hope that the sound quality is okay. Where to begin? I wanted to share part of my journey as it pertains to up-leveling in my business, setting strong boundaries, extreme self-care, and um, I've really been circling around those themes lately. So I'm going to share a little bit about my surgical process here in France, and then I'm going to talk about the four things that I am saying no to in 2021. So about a year ago, I started I started learning about womb healing and um you know, I just I didn't have any knowledge on this topic. I I knew about the the chakras and the energy systems and stuff, but I I realized that I had issues around consent with my body. But also what I was willing to tolerate in my life, I realized that I was saying yes when I wanted to say no. You know, I experienced a lot of abuse growing up, and so that violation, like I realized that there was this lack of consent, and um, so (laughs) my surgery was on my cervix, um, which is the womb area and the sacral chakra space. So I started learning about these things about a year ago, right before um, COVID actually hit. And then I started to study the mother wound and kind of link all of the programming that I got growing up that was really keeping me in this place of being small, being quiet, playing it safe, and um, just really taking a toll on my business, quite honestly. I, I kind of hit like a plateau and I... I didn't really understand how or where to move next. I knew I wanted to still help people with their messaging and visibility, but I realized in order to be visible with ourselves, we have, sorry, with others, we have to first be visible with ourselves. We have to do this um, deep healing work. And I think that everyone 
you know, on some level has the mother wound, has visibility issues, maybe not issues, but visibility fears. Um, it's just so ingrained in us, regardless of what childhood you had, we, we get messages from our parents that are passed down from our, our grandparents and ancestors. And so it's really about discerning what is my truth and how do I choose to live and co-create in the world. So I had, it took me about six months to finally launch my signature group program, which is called Make Some Noise, and it really is about healing the mother wound, understanding our boundaries, how to say no, how to speak our voice beyond just our business. And it was that pivot for me that um, changed everything because I was so used to talking about these things in the context of business, but I realized if you haven't felt these things in your life, like you're still struggling to um, advocate for yourself, stand up for yourself, then it's going to be that much harder in business. So that's a little bit of a backstory. Now our, you know, our womb space is also linked to creativity. And I noticed that I was feeling really unfulfilled in, not in my business, but I was missing that balance between like me just being able to create and put my work and my art out there without having to have um, just like this high expectation of, you know, an ROI or the likes and comments or people signing up with me. It's like, how can I just um, create for me? So When I got my, you know, I had been doing biopsies and tests all year, so this wasn't like a big surprise. I knew that at some point I would be having to have this surgery, and um, I wanted to share this aspect on the podcast. I likely will not post about it, but I had a lot of sexual shame and sexual trauma in my past, in my childhood and my upbringing, and... Excuse me. Wow. Throat, <laughs> like throat blocked. Do I say it? Do I not say it? So because I learned how to people please and perform for love, I did not practice safe sex, protected sex when I was in my early 20s. And that led me to getting HPV, which led me to having abnormal cells that went on for many, many years until finally they were like, nope, we need to operate on you because this is now low grade, um, which means they are, you know, it's not technically cancer, it's precancerous. So that brought up a lot of um, shame. And as I was kind of leading up to the surgery, it was funny because, you know, I'm running my group program. I now offer a one-on-one version of Make Some Noise. And I have my other offerings and stuff. But it's like I was going through the program that I created with you know, with my clients and with my students at the same time. And as I was leading up to the surgery, something my mentor had said to me is like, release yourself of that shame. Like you were not practicing safe sex. Hey, we've all been there. You don't need to guilt yourself over it. It is what it is. And so it was kind of interesting the day before my surgery, I kept having these um, flashbacks to different Uh, men, partners, boyfriends in my life. And one of the, you know, patterns that I had is I had attract partners that would cheat on me and betray me. And some of that, you know, I think I had two partners I can recall specifically where they had cheated on me. And that was how I ended up getting a sexually transmitted um, 
disease or infection. I don't know what they call it anymore. It used to be called STDs back then. I think there's a more like politically correct term now, but anyways. Um, so, you know, I had done this exercise where I had looked at all of my partners and like they all had cheated on me or betrayed me or, you know, publicly humiliated me in some way. And so, um, that really, you know, I don't want to like, yeah, I'm not surprised that I developed this low grade precancerous cells on my cervix because our cervix and our womb space holds our emotions. It holds, it holds our shame. Um, that's why a lot of women can gain weight around their hip area because we, um, well that, and obviously we bear children, but, um, because of the guilt and the shame and the emotions, that's where they get stored. So I kind of noticed like I was having flashes and I was having deep, vivid memories of, of past boyfriends and stuff. And, um, you know, I am Canadian and I'm here living in France and because of COVID, I wasn't able to travel, you know, I would have preferred having this surgery back at home, but um, alas, I, you know, chose to do it here in France. So I had a lot, of, a lot of apprehensions going towards it just around navigating the French medical system. It's not just a stereotype that French administration and bureaucracy is a nightmare. It really is. It's, you know, everything's just very long and complicated and drawn out and people aren't nice. And so I was like really going into this hospitalization, expecting the worst, like expecting to be treated like crap. Um, which was funny. Cause when I, when I had my pre-check in at the secretary's office, like she was very catty and I was just like, Oh God, here we go. Okay, Brittany, be strong. You'll get through this. <laughs> But anyways, so I um, went up into the pre-op room. I put on my gown and all of that jazz. Um, I had the catheter put into me, which was the first time I'd ever had that. So I was a bit nervous um, because, you know, obviously (laughs) me being in film, it's like I'm thinking of horror movies and the killer coming in the room and your hand is attached and like ripping out of your hand. And like, I don't know, just having all these visions about like, you know, (laughs) what could happen? (laughs) Not that it would happen, but I just like, ugh. anyways, catheters, not fun. Um, and I thought that they were going to put me under, like that's when I had had the initial meeting with the anesthetist. Is that a word? I don't know. That's what the word is in French. (laughs) The person who administers the anesthesia and explains that whole process. So I was like, yep, I want to be put under. I don't want to, um, you know, risk feeling this, but actually it's funny because my initial thought was like, no, I don't want to be put under because I'm a little bit of a control freak. So to actually surrender and be put to sleep, frankly, scared me more than actually just feeling the pain of the surgery. Um, the only other time I had been put to sleep was when I had my wisdom teeth out and I was like 18 and I just don't even remember. Um, But then I had a lot of um, friends and people say, no, you should be put to sleep. This is very traumatizing on your body. So I went with that. So long story short, when the woman comes in to call me into the operating room, she was like, okay, we're going to do a hypnosis. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait. 
aren't you just putting me to sleep? And she was like, no. And then I was started, was like panicking. Um, also cause I had just sat in like the waiting room with this catheter for almost two hours. And because of COVID and the restrictions, I wasn't allowed to have my partner in there and my phone also died. So I literally was sitting in a hospital bed for two hours, staring at the ceiling, contemplating my life, <laughs> my choices. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I had a lot of anxiety built up. So we're walking to the operating room and there's like these flying doors that are swooping open and the lights are dim. And I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) so tense. And the woman, she was just had such a calming, oh, beautiful presence. And she's like, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to do hypnosis, a local anesthetic. It's fine. So I get in the operating room holy, intense, machines, big lights, things, I don't even know, everywhere. And I lie down on this bed, and it's heated. And then they kind of like, like, I think there was four women in there, and they were all trying to make me feel very comfortable. They knew I was nervous. And then I had to put my legs up kind of like in a spread eagle. And not in the way when you have like a pap. Like this was like a much more, like this is probably the most vulnerable position, Um, probably like when you're giving birth, right? You're just like on your back, your legs are fully wide open, kind of tied up in these stirrups. (laughs) Um, And then they pull a curtain over so you can't see the other half of your body. And then there's just like three people working behind there. Um, And the woman, she gave me, so she did a beautiful hypnosis on me. Um, They did the local anesthetic. Um, lots of sensations. There was burning. There was coldness. Um, at one point, it really was burning, and I was like, "What the heck is going on?" Um, and then she was like, "Okay, we're gonna put some calming music." So she put some jazz music on, and then she was like holding my hand. It was so sweet. Um, so the surgery itself, like, there was little things that were uncomfortable. You know, it hurt a little bit. Obviously, I could feel that there was someone working down there. I couldn't necessarily feel the pain of it. Um, I think at one point I did start to have a little bit of a panic attack. I don't remember why or when. So she gave, she was like, okay, we're going to inject some drug into you. So you'll, into the catheter. So you'll feel like a cooling sensation. And it's so weird because I don't think I was put to sleep, but I felt like I was in a dream state. Um, and it just kind of was in that moment where I felt really supported by the women that were taking care of me. And if, you know, if those of you listening know so much of my work is around, um, healing the mother wound, the sisterhood wound, how we can support each other and be in community, right? Because girls are, uh, conditioned to be pit against each other. And I've had a lot of trust issues, And so to be in this French, you know, hospital, speaking a second language, having these women really, you know, make sure I'm feeling comfortable and safe, especially in the most vulnerable position ever, like, hello, surgery on my vagina, Um, (laughs) like, it just felt really supportive. So it all was, you know, all was well and done. They brought me into a recovery room where I don't know, I was hooked up to all of these machines. Um, I don't know, I just had cords and things everywhere and I could just hear like the beep, beep, 
beep <laughs> of that machine that I guess it's for your heart rate or I don't know. I don't even know. And I guess in that moment, I was like, wow, I'm just like so supported by the universe. So I felt really safe. Um, then they brought me into, so I just stay there for 30 minutes in case there's any after effects. Um, and then they brought me into a private room where I had to stay for another hour, just letting all the medication, everything wear off. And they brought me a hot chocolate and I had my, I brought like my little army of stuffed animals, <laughs> Hi, I'm in my 30s, and I brought all of my stuffed animals and crystals and stuff with me. Um, so all in all, like, I survived it, and um, at the time I'm recording this, it's the next day, and I sort of feel like, you know what, this piece of my cervix that they removed feels like I have removed some of the shame of my past mistakes. I also want to say that, you know, I think it's something like 80% of women have HPV and cervical issues. And so this is not something we brought on to ourselves. This is just a thing that happens. And I think that was the big thing I had to reconcile with because I had a lot of shame from one of my parents that for some reason, I mean, I think they were trying to be protective of me, but really put the idea in my head that I brought this upon myself. And that's, you know... It's never a healthy place to blame yourself for being ill or blame yourself for, you know, what can happen to you. So on the topic of consent, because we're talking about the vagina, we're talking about the sacral chakra, the womb space, um, I just got so clear on, you know, four things that I am saying no to in 2021. And I want to extend this to you guys because, um, you know, I think it could relate and um, if you didn't know this, our cervix, or sorry, our vaginal canal is the exact same anatomy almost as our throat, as our vocal cords. And so there's a, there's a real correlation between consent and speaking, our sacral and our throat chakra. So that's why I wanted to... Um, if you go look somewhere on my social media, I have a, a photo of it. But yeah, I just wanted to, to share that. So without further ado, four things that I am saying no to in 2021. So the first one is going into a shame spiral when I'm not hitting the results that I desire. Actually, let me add a side story to that. So going into this month, it's, you know, it's March. I, I knew I had this surgery. I have my visa renewal appointment at the prefecture. So it's kind of an intense month and I've had, you know, consistently five figure months in my business and I felt myself kind of going back down into a, you know, what you call an upper limit. And the really cool thing that happened during my surgery, I literally awoke from my surgery and I had a $1,400 sale that came in. I had another um, now client who inquired the day before and so I was just like, you know what, like I don't always have to be so glued to my computer and like working, 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 like you're just always being supported. So let me re-say that list over again because I had to share that side story. So the first thing is I'm no longer available to go into a shame spiral just because I don't hit my desired results or goals. Two, I am no longer available to caretake rescue or save my clients or anyone in my life 
just in the name of service. Number three, I'm no longer available to exploit my personal story in my own marketing. And I add sharing my client wins and confidential conversations without their consent. And the fourth one is I am no longer available to neglect my own relationships by always being glued to my phone or computer. So these things are huge because obviously, you know, I I believe that I needed all of these things to run a successful, like thriving online business. And a lot of what I teach is, you know, my clients is around how to share their story authentically. But I really don't believe that you should be exploiting yourself for the sake of connecting through your marketing. Like right now, it feels really good to share this on a podcast, but I know that I'm going to be quiet on social media probably the next few days as I integrate. I had had my assistant send out an email to all my clients letting them know I'd be out of office. That was huge for me in the past. I would have just gone right back to work. And while I'm not physically in pain, I'm emotionally Uh, integrating a lot of things and so I'm just keeping that spaciousness for myself and that feels really good I had found that I was always trying to find the teachable moments in life instead of just living in the present moment and frankly it was just stressing me out you know you have to know how to create boundaries with yourself and intimacy with yourself And when to share what and knowing that you don't have to share everything, right? Like I'll likely share some things on my social media, but the actual details of my surgery, I'm only going to share here in this podcast because that's what feels good. I don't think I'm going to post that on my public wall and that's okay. That's just what feels good for me. So yeah, I just noticed that my relationship with my business really evolving over the past 12 months and it was time to take an honest look in the mirror and just see where I felt in alignment with my, you know, what was I sharing? What was in alignment with my values and where was I overriding my consent in very subtle ways? So that is, you know, it's these things I mentioned. I'm not going to guilt or shame myself because I'm not hitting my goals because that doesn't serve me. I'm no longer available to rescue my clients. I will still show up in, um, you know, in the most loving, sovereign way, but I'm not here to save people. Um, yeah, with my story, that's really been something that has been hanging on me for a while because, I think that we disrespect our own boundaries when we, um, well, actually oversharing is a form of not respecting our own boundaries. And I just realized the older I get, the more some of my experiences are like they're sacred and I don't need to be pasting it all over social media. I'm not looking for that like recognition. So in 2021, I choose excellence over perfection, progress over perfection, I choose sovereign leadership over caretaking. I true I choose integrity over self-exploitation and I choose generosity over people-pleasing. And these are the things that I'm really calling into my awareness. So, that's what I wanted to share in this episode. If you are interested in working with me, if some of these things are calling to you and you want to work through this, 
let me know because I have a few spaces open for Make Some Noise, the one-to-one track. The group version is in progress right now. There's nine amazing women in there. Uh, I think that will be opening up later in the spring, but don't let that stop you. Come to the one-to-one version. I'll link the info in the show notes, or you can just head to my website, untamedrevolution.com, or find me on social. (laughs) Um, And then if you're looking to take your business the next step further around conscious leadership, sovereignty, refining your message, I have my six-week or 90-day radically visible and fully expressed program. So at that, I will leave you. I am off to go stroll around in a park in Paris and just bask in the French, in the French, in the <laughs> the French sun. I was going to say the new fresh sun because um, it's it's spring. All right. I'd love to hear from you if you have had any takeaways, if um, there's anything that really resonated with you. Take a screen cap, post it over on IG. Come and let me know. I love this to be a two-way conversation. And come and join me in my free Facebook group, Visibility Lounge with Brittany Hammond. I'll talk to you later. Bisous from Paris. Ciao.